Well, this week is Shabbat Chol HaOmed Pesach, which means there is no weekly Torah portion. These are the intermediate days, just like during Sukkot, where there's special readings that's not really in the rhythm of the Torah portions that we're used to. We had a blessed Seder a few days ago. It was a blessing to see many of you there. And I trust those that other Seders had a blessed time as well. I usually use the weekly Parsha as a starting point for what I have to share with you, and I enjoy it. Uh, it always seems to speak with me or speak to me, and I'm always uh, you know, in prayer and contemplation about what to share with you guys. But this week, the playbook's kind of wide open. And so I, you know, I always ask for the Spirit to reveal to me some sort of revelation or suggestions or give me a sign. You know, I want to be some, have some way of giving encouragement and be helpful. So in the spirit of Passover, I'd like to examine um, just our lives a little bit and see if there's any leaven in there, right? That's one of the themes of Passover is searching the house for leaven. And, of course, the spiritual application of that is searching out your hearts and your minds for loving. And just ask, could we do better? Perhaps could we do better as individuals? Or could we do better as a community? And what does that look like? We all generally know what to do. It's written in the Bible. And we all know why we should do it, because it's God's will. It's just how do we do it? This is where... Man's creativity comes in, and this is usually the source of much disagreement. Could we do better as individuals? Of course. We can always do better, right? Asking Adonai for revelation, you know, asking the Spirit to reveal truth, these are foundational ways to do that. King David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way within me, and lead me in the way everlasting. But in addition to that, we still have a duty to be doing our part as well. For Pesach, we take the physical leaven out of our house, we examine the ingredients of all the cans and bags of chips and everything that we have in our cupboards to see if there's any leaven in there. And the spiritual application, as I just mentioned, is to examine our minds, see if there's any spiritual leaven in there that we need to remove. The application really isn't like a one-to-one, a -one, apples-to-apples kind of metaphor, though, because at the end of Passover, what are we all going to do? We're going to take all that yummy leaven that we just purged out, and we're going to bring all that same stuff right back in, because that's what we like. So what the spiritual application is, if there's leaven in you, some sort of sin that you need to remove, at the end of Passover, you shouldn't bring that back in, you know what I mean? So I've always, I've always struggled with that kind of teaching with, wait a second, so after Passover, I can just bring that spiritual loving back in? No, I'm not sure it works that way. Perhaps just kind of getting a good, I, I think most people here really are really trying to do the very best that they can, including myself, to seek the Lord's heart. So it's, you know, I'm, the crowd that I'm talking to isn't like, um, not, we're not doing a prison ministry here where I'm talking to a lot of people with some serious issues going on. But spiritual growth is something that even myself, 
I refine all the time. We need to examine maybe some of the spiritual foods that we consume, especially in the movement that we're in. You know, some folks are really good at examining their food, their physical food, to make sure it's kosher, but their spiritual food they're not quite as discerning about. And I don't know of anyone who just reads Scripture alone 100% of the time. Everyone, including myself, we read books, we listen to podcasts, we watch videos. There's all kinds of stuff out there. And the content on all these things runs on a spectrum from really good to really not so good. I mean, Googling messianic, whatever, is like fishing in the ocean. You just never know what you're going to pull out of there. There are things that brand themselves as messianic that have some questionable content, although I'm sure the people that produce it are well-meaning, and I'm not going to get down into the gutter and really... It's not my style to just slam other people, you know. But certainly examining the spiritual foods to get sort of perspective does one well. People tend to be very critical of a spiritual path that they left and not critical enough of the path they're on now. So I think I like to focus on the path I'm now instead of, instead of the path that I just left because the path that I just left brought me to the path I'm on right now. And so I have appreciation for that. But I think it helps to think bigger picture a little bit. We need to think outside of ourselves for a bit, think about the community a little bit. Much of the Bible, and we're all interested in our own selves for salvation, individual salvation. But when you read the Bible and you add up all the verses, in large part, the Bible is much more concerned with the national salvation of Israel than it is about your individual salvation. There's certainly are verses about your individual salvation, but largely the Bible's not concerned with that for the most part. So it's good to think big picture because it just blesses you right back when you get outside of yourself a little bit. Here at Adadas Kaim, we try to provide some spiritual fruit, right? So some spiritual food for everyone, so everyone has an interest in that. Um, you all give generously, so you've invested into this community with your physical labors and talents as well, so there's interest there. We all want this place to be, be producing good fruit. I think last season's harvest was bountiful. Last year was a great year at Tree of Life. Um, and so I'm persuaded to keep going in the direction that we are headed. So even during this season, as a ministry, we examine, uh, is there any leaven in the ministry, what we're doing, what our aspirations are, the people that we're in fellowship with. These are things that we, um, actually, for the past year, we've been really intentional on just reviewing, praying about, meditating on, contemplating. And it seems from just how the last year went, it was a very uh, fruitful and blessed year for everybody, we're persuaded to keep going in that direction. Many of us feel that membership in the MJAA is sort of one end game in this, and that would further better our ministry. It's the largest Messianic Jewish organization out there. There's much benefit to that. Now, I know there are some that are going to have reservations about this. Uh, one reason is that people come here because they're seeking a more biblical 
a more authentic expression of faith, right? They're weary of organized religion. Um, joining an alliance sounds suspiciously like church denominationalism, right? And they want it out of that. It's one reason why sometimes people come here. I understand this. I do. But being an independent fellowship, which is kind of what we are right now, is not exactly the ideal biblical model. If you're weary of organized religion, what do you do with the book of Acts? I mean, the whole book of Acts is a display of organized religion. There, uh, there's councils that render decisions, emissaries traveling among the sister congregations under the authority of the home synagogue in Jerusalem, right? In those times... Jews and many people from around the nations were meeting in synagogues all across the regions, meeting on Shabbat, studying Torah and the teachings of Yeshua, and living out the Judaism of their day, but still connected in many ways. There is a network like that today, and I think it would be beneficial for our community to be part of that. We could use that support. Um, we see new people here very often. People are waking up, they're, see, uh, they're wanting something deeper, and so they're seeking something else. That's why we have a lot of visitors, and that's why a lot of people come here. Some may not attend super regularly, but, you know, they're in orbit, I call them. There are people who are just in need of a new path. Sometimes you just need a little bit of help. As a ministry, we're the same way. Sometimes we need a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of help. Where do we go for that? You see what I'm saying? We can all do a little better, I suppose. What I need to start doing better is beginning to help connect you to some of the spiritual foods that they offer so that maybe you have a better sense of where we are coming from. For example, their teachings and podcasts and other material with content that's safe. It's been inspected by many people already. It's content that is kosher for living a Torah lifestyle, which is where most of our heads are at right now and where they want to be. Now, I regularly do promote First Fruits of Zion. That's probably not a shock to anybody that's here. But there are many more resources out there, and I've been finding some of them. For example, there's a podcast called Messiantics. <laughs> really good. group of uh, four rabbis from Florida. And uh, it's, uh, they've got a lot of good stuff. They usually post on Fridays. But there's many other examples of, and they're young guys. You have to understand the Messianic Jewish movement is changing. It's evolving. It's not a, it's not a, the Messianic movement in the broadest sense is, it's not like Catholicism. If you're, if you go to any state and any city, and you go to a Catholic church, you know what you're getting. You go to any city, you go to a Pentecostal church, you know what you're getting. If you were to just randomly go to a state and Google Messianic congregation and go there, you're not really sure what you're getting yourself into these days. They're all going to be people that are well-meaning and are just trying to do what they think is right in the Lord's eyes, just trying to grow closer to him. Let me say that. But certainly... To be into that model of being connected to others and people visiting each other and um, giving provision and encouragement for each other, to have that network is a biblical model, and that network is out there. 
And so sometimes as a ministry, what we do is we like to link ourselves to those type of other ministries because we see that as helpful and healthy and a biblical model. And so that's the direction we're going. There are a lot of new, younger leaders. And when I say younger, they're probably around my age. I turned 47 in a couple weeks. That's younger, mid-30s to mid-40s to 50-ish. Um, a lot of the older rabbis have been retiring that really built this movement back in the 60s when they started it. And so you're beginning to see a lot of the next leadership have different jobs to do. The people that started this movement 30 years ago, their job was to build these synagogues and get them going. Well, the next round of leaders, that's, that job's already done. There's other jobs to do now. And so there's lots of ideas being floated out there about being more connected, about different ways to um, create new congregations in different areas that don't have them as opposed to just waiting for them to try to join them. What about making something else happen, reaching people and um, just in different ways, spreading that light of Yeshua, spreading the light of Torah. And so you're beginning to see, and I think it's very interesting, um, just different thought. And they are energetic and they're ambitious and they want to do this. And this is beginning to happen. And so, in the spirit of Passover, we're going to be, uh, you know, taking a look at um, just our ministry. We've been doing this, like I said, for a year. And so, that is a, the direction we're headed. We're trying to search out and maybe uh, some of the old leaven we're not going to bring back in. And we're going to look for new leaven in the future that we're not quite used to or is just a little bit different. Don't worry, we're not making any kind of wholesale changes or nothing like that, but just a little bit different leaven, very familiar, but... And so maybe in your personal lives, something similar can be done. Get outside of your comfort zone and um, read some different books from authors or ministries you hadn't before. Listen to podcasts from ministries you haven't before. A little bit different leaven. Just bring the same leaven back in. Try out something different and see if it blesses you. Very helpful. I'll close with this. This is the second day of the Omer. And the Omer, of course, is the counting of the 49 weeks that will bring us to Shavuot. Every day in the, what is tradition, is to read Psalm 67 every day of the Omer at least once. So today, I think we should read Psalm 67. Very short. Oh, it's a wonderful, it's a kingdom psalm. Psalm 67 is on page 662. The song of praise, of course. Very appropriate um, psalm to be reading every day from now until Shavuot. Psalm 67, let all peoples praise you for the music director with stringed instruments. It's a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he cause his face to shine upon us. Selah, sound familiar? So that your way may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let 
All the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples fairly and guide the nations on the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its harvest. God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. May we all be seeking to better ourselves and improve ourselves in every way. Um, may Adonai help us to search out um, those things within us that we might need to remove or change, guide us in those ways as well. And may the Spirit encourage and inspire us to walk in his ways, both in our, in our individual lives and as a community here at Adat Shabbat Shalom.